everybody, what's up? I hope that you are feeling God's presence and you are experiencing the power of the Holy Spirit in this service. My name is Aaron Olinsky. I'm the lead pastor here at Grace, and I have the honor and privilege to introduce our guest speakers for today. We have Tom and Sarah Cochran, who are staff members with Destiny Rescue. And Destiny Rescue is an incredible ministry that rescues kids from human trafficking and in crisis situations. And we are honored as Grace Church to be part of that ministry. That is one of the missions organizations that we support, that you support. Whenever you give to Grace Church, we're part of Destiny Rescue, and what they're doing across the globe to rescue kids is amazing. We're so honored to be part of Destiny Rescue and to have Pastor Tom and Sarah Cochran to be our guest speakers today. Could y'all do me a favor? Clap real loud and welcome to the stage right now, Tom and Sarah Cochran. Well, good morning, Grace Church. For those of you who are here in the room and those of you watching online, we're so glad to be here and to be able to have the, the opportunity to share with you from God's word. We're grateful for Pastor Aaron and Pastor Nicole, not only for their time away and their ability to get refreshed and restored, but we're grateful for their leadership in our lives and in this church because, man, God is doing some amazing things on the Space Coast. Amen? And, and as we get started today, I just want to, I don't think there's a better way we can start our time than just to pray. So will you pray with me real quick? Father, we are so grateful that today we get to be in your presence, God. We get to lean in to hear what you would say to us through your word. So Holy Spirit, we ask that you would speak to us, that you would open our ears and our hearts to receive from you what you have. And God, that you would blow our minds with this idea that you want to do infinitely more in us. So God, would you be glorified today and would you draw our hearts to you? In the name of Jesus, we pray, amen, amen. So as Pastor Aaron said, like we travel and get to, to share about the, the work of Destiny Rescue, but Grace Church is also our home church. So it's a, it's a double honor to kind of be here to be able to share in our home church. And as we were writing the sermon, we thought that maybe we'd share just a little bit, a story, kind of give you a little peek into our lives a little bit. So, and, and also because at the end of this month, we're celebrating 19 years of marriage. She put up with me for 19 years, like, come on. So as Sarah and I got married in June, we took off on our honeymoon. It was a four day fun in the sun excursion. It was awesome. We get back to Indianapolis. Our home state is Indiana. And as we get back to the Indianapolis airport, we get to the luggage claim and we pick up our bags. And I look at my gorgeous wife and I go, honey, do you remember where you parked the car? No, dear. Honestly, it was me who parked the car. But I'm like, honey, do you remember where we parked the car? And she's like, no. And I'm like, well, we remembered what lot we were in. We just didn't remember what spot we were in. So for us, we jumped on a tram and, and took off to head to the lot. We get out at the first hut where they drop us off. And, and I'm like, honey, I think the car's this way. I remember the car being this way. And she goes, no, I remember the car being this way. And thus started what was for us a 30 minute endeavor to find our car. Hot blacktop in Indiana summer, humidity like crazy, kind of like Florida in the summer, and we're sweating and drenched. And finally, I get this idea. I've got to save the day. I've got to be the husband of the year. I have to solve the problem and fix it because the things are not, we're not going well. I'm just gonna man up and get it done and make it happen. So I grab my suitcase and adamantly declare 
in the other direction of where I had been walking. It's got to be this way. The car's this way. I expect my wife, Sarah, to be walking behind me, but that's not what I see. What I see is I'm on one end of the aisle looking for the car and she's on the other. I wish this was the time of day where we had the clickers, but we didn't have a clicker to do the the horn. Somebody in first service says, well, why didn't you just click the alert button? We didn't have that back in the day. So I wish that Sarah would have been following me, but what I see instead of is her sitting on her suitcase, arms folded, completely disengaged from looking for our car. (laughs) Because that's so helpful, right? When you're in a situation that you're trying to solve a problem or you're trying to do something or accomplish something to just sit and do nothing, (laughs) right? Well, I did. I sat there and did nothing. I completely disengaged from the entire situation. I just needed a break after 30 minutes of hot and running around. While my husband, on the other hand, my new husband, four days into our marriage, ran around the parking lot like a chicken with his head cut off. So I have a question, though, for us to ponder in light of this story this morning. What if God cares just as much about what's happening inside of us in moments like this as he cares about the circumstances around us? So I find, I don't know about you, but I find that I, I tend to pray for the things that are outside of me sometimes. Like, God, I need you to be with, with me in my job or my career or my family. God, we need protection. Lord, can you help our finances? Can you be with us in this area? And it's all external circumstances that I, I find myself praying for. But the question that I'd love for you to ponder with me this morning is what if God cares just as much about what's going on on the inside of you than he cares about the things we often find ourselves praying for? As Tom and I (laughs) drove home that day, we both felt there was probably a lot more going on inside of us Mm -hmm. than each of us wanted to admit in our very early 20s. This thought has led us a lifetime, 19 years, the end of this month, on a a journey of discovery, of finding God's activity in our lives, both in and around our lives and through our lives, but starts within, God's activity in our lives. We wanna share some things that we've learned with you today on this journey. And we're gonna share a couple of verses and land a couple of places, but we're gonna start with this idea in Ephesians 3.20. So read with me, it'll be on the screen. Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us, catch that, within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or imagine ask or think. God wants to do more in us than we can imagine. And he's able. Ephesians 3.20 says, through his mighty power, he is able to do a work in us that we, in and of our own power and strength, cannot do. That's exciting. It's exciting for me because I know I have a lot of growth to do 
and a lot of growth that needs to happen inside of me, but God has the power to do it. Amen. Infinitely more in me. Now, I'm sure that none of you have ever taken control of a situation that you found yourself in in such a, shall we say, demonstrous way as my husband did in the parking lot that day and took charge. I'm sure that none of you have ever faced such an upsetting situation or circumstance in your life that you literally just were like, okay, I gotta sit down. Like, give me a moment. I just need to sit down. Or maybe even just in the sitting down, you said, maybe I'm just done. Like, I give up. I, I disengage. Maybe you've never, never faced a situation like that. Or maybe you have. Maybe you have. Maybe for you, it was a more serious situation than finding a car in a parking lot. I can tell you that in 19 years of marriage, we have faced things in our individual lives and both together that have left us feeling topsy-turvy inside, if you will. Feelings like unsettledness or burdened or stuck, confused, even broken. And we all do at some point, right? We all do. We all face something in life that's like, man, I, I got this. I'm good. I can control this situation. Or we, we face a situation where we're like, I, I'm done. Like, I, I got to be done. I don't know about you, but for me, when I have faced these circumstances, I find myself asking a question, God, where are you? Do you care about what's happening around me and, and how it's affecting me and what's coming out of me? And what's your take on this, God? But then I remember, I come back to the truths of God's word. The Bible says, scripture says that God's word, God's truth is like a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. It would be like a flashlight shining on a path, a dark path in front of us to know which, where to put our foot next, which step to take next. That is God's word. The truths of God's word help us to know what is our next right step to move forward in this situation. And so, the, when I look at Ephesians 3.20, it is a truth from God's word. Right? God wants to do and is able to do infinitely more than I can possibly imagine, than I can even sit down and creatively write out and come up with, God wants to do more than that in me. Because the, the truth of Ephesians 3.20 is that God and his mighty power working within us can do and is able to do infinitely more. I got to looking, though, at this verse, Ephesians 3.20, and looking at the word power in the verse. And it's the same word power, dunamis, that is in Acts 1.8. In 
In Acts 1.8, Jesus is quoted saying um, to his disciples as he was ascending to the Father and he was gonna send the Holy Spirit, he said, um, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. So that same word power is in Ephesians, the mighty power working within us, comes from the word dunamis, which is where we get the word dynamite. Now I've seen movies and pictures and different things where dynamite is just like exploding a mountain, right? Like just taking this little thing, lighting a fuse and all the components create this explosion that changes things, that does something powerful. That's the same word where we get dynamite. So this mighty power that the Holy Spirit brings into our lives that Jesus sent and said, I, if you are my followers and you are my children, you have the Holy Spirit living inside of you and he can do, boom, mighty powerful work inside your yeah. heart, things that you cannot do in and of your own power and strength. Amen? Yeah. Amen. Amen. Come on. As we walk with God, we have access. We can access this power. He can, for instance, take our brokenness and make it beautiful. He can take our unsettled heart and bring peace. He can take our burdens and make them light. He can take bondage and bring freedom. Amen? Amen. He can do infinitely more than this. And that idea of infinitely more is just consistent throughout all of the Bible. We're gonna look at a story today in Genesis chapter 12 that illustrates this, but from the, from the beginning of Genesis to the end of Revelation, God does infinitely more. God wants to do infinitely more in us. Have you, you ever wanted, wanted something for somebody so bad, but yet they didn't partake in it? Like you want them to experience something or try something and, and because you want them to do it, but yet they don't, you know they're missing out, right? I would like to tell you that, that in the story of us finding our car, that it ended with you know, the 30 minutes and we found the car and moved on, but that's not all the story. About 15 minutes into us looking for our car, the same tram driver who had dropped us off at, a different, at the beginning of the parking lot found us wandering towards the back of the parking lot. And he goes, hey, do you guys need some help? I'm like, nope. He's like, no, you guys look lost. Like, do you, do you need somebody to help you find your car? Like, we can get somebody out to help you. And I'm like, no, I got it, dude, thanks. Sarah's like, no, we're good. Like, we had the invitation to experience this because here's, here's the point that I, I wanna make. God invites us to experience infinitely more by taking a step. And we're gonna, we're gonna read the story of a guy named Abraham because it illustrates this so well. God invites him to, do, to step out. And when, God, when, when that happens, God is able to do infinitely more than what Abraham could ask or imagine. Now, I gotta, I gotta preface this before we read. You're gonna, I'm gonna refer to him as Abraham, but the, the verse is gonna actually call him Abram. Because sometimes when God does an infinitely more work in our lives, everything changes. Do you, do you hear that? 
When God does an infinitely more work in us, everything changes. So sometimes in the Bible, folks who had one name, their name gets changed to something else. Abram becomes Abraham. Sarai, Abram's, Abraham's wife, becomes Sarah. In the New Testament, Simon becomes Peter and Saul becomes Paul. God does infinitely more and everything changes, but it's up to us to make that response. So if you have your Bibles, we're gonna be in Genesis chapter 12 and we're gonna read the start of Abraham's story. And it starts like this. The Lord had said to Abram, leave your native country, your relatives and your father's family and go to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on earth will be blessed through you. So Abram departed as the Lord had instructed and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he left the town of Haran. He took his wife Sarai, his nephew Lot, and all of his wealth, his livestock, and all the people that he had taken into his household at Haran and headed for the land of Canaan. Did you see God's invitation in Genesis 12? The Lord said to Abram, depart. That invitation to respond to, to God wanting to do something more came in the form of a conversation that God was having with Abraham. And it there's a lot of times where you think about God speaking and especially when it comes to Abram, like I, I wish we could unpack all of Abraham's story. Like I love doing character studies of, of, of people in the Bible and to learn how they thought and, and all those pieces. And we, it, it would take a whole like small group class for us to do that. But as we lean into Abram's story, God doesn't speak to Abram from some far off distant place, like from heaven. He isn't some disembodied voice, like Abraham's going about his day and God goes, Abram, Abram. Like it's not that. In fact, scholars say that God spoke to Abraham right here in the space next to his face. This place that a friend speaks to another friend. God leaned in and spoke to Abraham right here. That makes the invitation so much more powerful, right? God just isn't going, hey, Abraham, if you'll do da 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 and you go over there and you do the thing, but God says, Abraham, will you walk with me? Will you trust me? Will you lean in? And that first step for Abraham had to be the hardest. That's why I think it took such a special invitation. It took God coming close because Abraham lived in the town of Haran. Haran was the place to be. It was a crossroads town in, in what's now modern day Turkey. And this place was the place where caravans would, would be in other countries and bring goods and, and spices and all kinds of things. And they would show up at Haran and they would set them up to sell. So you could get all of the best stuff from all around the world. They would take stuff from Haran and take it and transport it to everywhere else. This was the center of communal life and, and it was the hub of governance and, and, and all of the things in culture. Like it was booming, kind of like the place we're living in now, like Palm Bay, Melbourne, Brevard County, like we're blowing up, right? And, and as God was speaking to Abraham, this place of Haran was that kind of a place. Everything was kicking. In fact, we know that Abraham, from Abraham's story that he was really successful in business. 
If you read Genesis, the, the verse five, it says that Abraham took all of his livestock. He took all of the people who were managing his household. So Abraham's super successful. And now has God saying, hey, I want you even from the place of being super successful and having everything that you could possibly want and being able to do all the things that you want. I want you to trust me and lean in because I have more for you. Some of, some of us, maybe that, that may be what we need to hear today, that God has more for us. Like things are going really well and everything's happening and business is booming and all the things, but God wants to invite us to this infinitely more. He has more for us. Maybe that wasn't what Abraham was struggling with. Maybe what Abraham was struggling with was, was the fact that Haran shared the same name as his brother who died in the town of Ur. See, Abraham had two brothers and his, his brother Haran died in his hometown of Ur. And then Abraham's whole family moved to Haran. Maybe for Abraham, he was in the middle of grief and turmoil, tension and pressure. And God leans in very compassionately and kindly and says, Abraham, I want you to leave this place and trust me to go here. I want you to, even though you're grieving, even though there's pain, even though there's tension, even though there's all of this, Abraham, I want you to lean in and trust me. That's the invitation. And for us, the first step is probably the hardest step, right? Whether, whether it's, it's trying to drive things and make things happen and feeling the weight to carry it all on ourselves or that moment of being stuck because we're in grief or pain, God has infinitely more for us and he invites us to experience it. And we know Abraham took him up on the offer because Abraham leaves. In fact, if you, you read Abraham's full story, it's Genesis 12 to chapter 25. You read a couple of spots in the New Testament in the book of James and in Hebrews, as it's talking about Abraham's story in James, it says that Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. He believed God and it, it restored his soul. It made him right with God and he was called a friend of God. So catch this, not only does God lean in to speak to the space next to Abraham's face, but Abraham leans back into God's invitation. So he leaves. At that moment of him leaving, he found that God is faithful to fulfill his promise of infinitely more. And that's the next point for us if you're taking notes. God, God is faithful to carry out his promise of infinitely more. And as Sarah talked about the dunamis, the dynamite power of God, the dynamic working power of God can work in our lives regardless of all the stuff that's happening out here and regardless of all the stuff that might be happening in here. God is faithful to carry out his promise to fulfill it. This is what Abraham found. Abraham found that even in the midst of all those things, God can do something incredible. And there were a lot of things that would prevent that could have prevented the promises from coming to pass. Abraham was 75 years old when God first spoke to him. He was 100 years old when, when, his, when God's first promise of, of a son came to pass. Abraham died at 175 years old. He lived for 100 more years after God originally spoke. God, God not only promises that this idea for Abraham and he has, has to go through his time and his age, but there's also a moment where Abraham has to fight this idea of disengagement. He lies about his marital status and some dude tries to take his wife. Abraham's nephew, Lot, 
is, is, is in a particular town and it gets raided. He gets taken captive. Abraham has to go out and fight a battle and rescue Lot. And as he rescues Lot, that brings a lot of attention onto himself. And thus with the attention comes a lot of temptation. Abraham gets impatient with God's promise to have a son. It's taking so long. So he decides he's gonna try to take matters into his own hands. And as he does, it messes up his family structure. It creates, a ha- creates havoc and a mess inside of his family. All of those things could have, could have stood in the way of God's promise, but God is faithful. Before any of that happened, God promised Abraham. He says, Abraham, I wanna make you five promises. He promises that he's gonna give him direction, protection. He's gonna give him provision. He's gonna give him purpose and he's going to give him impact. I believe God makes the same promises for us today. God looks at us and says, I wanna do something inside of you. I wanna give you direction. I want you to know that you can trust me regardless of where we're going and the steps that you might have to take. I wanna provide for you. I'm gonna bring healing and wholeness to your heart. I'm gonna protect you so that so much so that things out here won't affect you in here. No matter what happens outside in the world, in the economy, in culture, in your situation, in your job, in family, no matter what happens out here, everything will be okay and you will be settled here. Purpose, you're not defined by your stuff. Where, where the things that we accumulate or the things that we have, those things don't define us, but we're defined by who God says we are. We are his son, we are his daughter, we are a child of the most high God. And if God is for us, who can be against us, amen? Not only does he say purpose, but he says, I'm gonna, I promise you impact, I'm gonna transform the world through you. See, Abraham has a son named Isaac. Isaac has a son named Jacob. Jacob has 12 sons that eventually arise to become the nation of Israel. And from the nation of Israel comes Jesus, who who dies on a cross for the forgiveness of mankind's sins to restore us to right relationship with God. God's saying to Abraham, Abraham, you may not even see the full fulfillment of the promise, but through you, you're going to have an impact. All people will be blessed by you. Here at Grace, we talk about transforming the Space Coast with the radical love of Jesus. Do you know how we do that, church? We do that because we have been transformed. God wants to do infinitely more in us and then that flows out through us and impacts the culture and the world around us. God wants to do infinitely more than we can ask or imagine and he is faithful to keep the promise. I believe some of us today need to hear the fact that we're not too young and we're not too old for God's promises to be fulfilled. Anybody else? You haven't gone too far one way or the other. You're not too successful. You haven't made enough, you haven't made mistakes that'll prevent God's faithfulness in your life. God will fulfill his promises for your life. If he has spoken a promise over you, which I believe he has because we have them in his word, he will fulfill them. He will bring about infinitely more than you can ask or imagine. And I believe that God's leaning in today to the space next to our face and making the invitation. God took a guy named Abraham from a town called Haran and said, would you leave and trust me? Will you lean in? And he had missteps and miscues and all kinds of circumstances and situations crazy happened in his life, but God was faithful to do infinitely more. I'd like to tell you that that 19 years ago was the last time I ever struggled with control. I'd like to tell, Sarah would like to tell you that 19 years ago was the last time she ever struggled with disengaging from a moment. But God took two kids in their early 20s 
who were fighting on a parking lot in Indiana over where they lost their stinking car and said, if you'll trust me and, I'll, and let me, I'll do infinitely more in you. And now we get to travel around together and share the good news of Jesus and how churches can bring light to darkness and rescue Amen. kids out of sexual exploitation and human trafficking. Can I tell you, church, if God did it for Abraham and God did it for us, he can do it for you. Amen. Whether you're watching online or you're here, God has a plan. God wants to do infinitely more in you. And all you have to do is lean in and respond. Abraham was at the crossroads of Haran when God whisked, leaned in and said from the space next to his face, will you trust me and lean in? Will you surrender? Will you engage? And in that moment, I will meet you. And Abraham leaned in and everything changed. God wants to do the same for you. We can be like Abraham and take a step from the crossroads and lean into all that God has for us and respond to his invitation and watch God faithfully bring about his promises in our life. I don't know which side of the fence, if you will, that you identified with this morning as we have been talking. Maybe it's on the side of control versus surrender or like me, it's engagement versus disengagement. I believe God's speaking to hearts this morning. As we prayed for and prepared for this message, God just really blew our minds about thinking about the story that we wanted to share with you, something goofy about a fight in a parking lot, right? but literally how far God has brought us. Not because we're perfect, not because we did anything right, but because we said, God, here we are, imperfect people. We believe Ephesians 3.20, the truth of your word, that you can do infinitely more in us. We're gonna lean in and we're gonna believe you. There's stuff inside of me that you need to break up, God, that you need to help me fix, you need to help me address, and I'm believing that you can do it, and God does every time. And it's a continual journey. You all, I'm sure, if you've been walking with God for any time period, you have infinitely more stories already of what God has done inside of you. Share those with people. Share them with your neighbor. Ask others, what is your infinitely more story? Share your testimony with other people around you. A Psalm of David, as we go back to scripture and God searching our hearts and I just hearing from God and leaning in to know that next right step. Tom and I have used this Psalm of David that I wanna read to you and then after I read it, I also wanna have you stand and we'll read it all together as a church. You can read it online, but also individually. And the, the verse is this. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me 
that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. The flashlight, God's word of truth, the path. We are headed on a path. If you are following God, you have given your life to God, said, I am a child of God, and you are following him, you are on a path of everlasting life. You are on a path of eternally living in communion and in relationship with God. And this verse has meant so much to us in our life because we've needed it, to be honest. But maybe this morning it it can speak to you too. God can and wants to do infinitely more in you than you could ever imagine. Would you stand with me this morning? As we read the verse together, it says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life infinitely more. We pray for us this morning. God, I pray for your church. I pray for us as individuals, as people, children that come before you, Lord, saying, search us. God, I don't know where each of us in this room or watching online lands today, whether it's that control and surrender or it's the disengage versus engage, but Lord, I believe that you are saying to those who struggle with control, take a breath. In this moment, we create this space to take a breath, take a moment, and God, you're saying to us, I got you. You don't have to carry this weight and this load that, that you're carrying. I am here for you. I want to take your burdens and make them light. And God, I believe that you're speaking this morning to those of us who struggle with disengagement and engagement. Lord, we, as we wanna engage with you, you're saying to us, Lord, reach out and have a conversation with me. I love you. I want to heal your wounds. I want to take care of the fear that's inside of you, that's holding you captive, that's keeping you in the moment and you're frozen and you can't move forward. God's saying, I want to address that. I wanna heal that. I wanna take that out. I wanna explode that and get rid of it so that you can live in freedom. God, we thank you. Search our hearts. Search our hearts, oh God, and know our thoughts. Lead us in the path of everlasting life. Lord, I pray this morning just a blessing that you would deliver those of us who need delivered. You would restore those of us who need restored. 
you would create a flashlight, a lantern, a lamp that will be so lit in front of our feet that we go, whoa, that is exactly the next right step that God is asking me to do and I'm gonna take it. Lord, a blessing to allow the Holy Spirit with his mighty power right now work that in each of our hearts. For your glory, Father, in Jesus' name we pray.